Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you? Hello there, everybody. It's been a... Little while since we've done a Christina Chronicles on I Miss You Man, but we're back. We're back in a big way. My name's Lonnie. His name's Dylan. How you doing, Dylan? I'm doing great, mate. Great to be back in the saddle and riding hard back into the Chronicles. What, what are these Chronicles? Tell me, please, quickly. Well, wait, oh, no. I'm going to lay out the whole story. Okay. All right? Started with a dream. Okay. <laughs> No, it's normally a podcast about you and me. Too many miss each other, taking each other on a journey each week. Could be about anything. Life, pop culture, everything in between. But this is our mega series where we are diving deep, headfirst, into the filmography of one of our favourite actors, Christina Ricci. We've got quite deep, haven't we, Dylan? We're almost back to where it all began. But I kind of feel like... When you're coming back to home, there's one last obstacle you have to get across and get over, you know? One last hurdle. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. That hurdle is 2006's Home of the Brave. Um, it didn't didn't happen on purpose that it took us a little while to get going with this. We just had a few other things going with, with our lives yeah. in the Chronicles. We're putting it off. We were putting it off a little bit, but not, not that much. That we were way. just finding uh, good excuses <laughs> to put it off, basically. Um, it didn't look very good. It didn't get good reviews from you know, the very cursory look we had. Um, and based on the, the poster and based on what we did know about it, it didn't look like there was much Christina. And Dylan, I'm pretty sure our assumptions were correct on all those fronts. We're back, mate. We're back. We've been here many times. Too many. But we're back in Cameo County, for sure. I don't think we've been to a Cameo County where she seemingly is just forgotten about in the whole plot. I Mate, if if this wasn't called the Christina Chronicles, yeah. I would have forgotten she was in this movie. I, she loses no impact. When it ended, I, I remembered exactly why we were watching it. I'm like, oh yeah, what happened to her character? She just <laughs> disappeared. And she's not important, but makes you wonder why... Christina Ritchie was the, the actor for that character. Yeah, why cast yeah, why cast Christina Ritchie in that role? Yeah, it wasn't like Anyone she was could have up done and it. coming. She's been around for, you know, twenty years by this point. <laughs> Not twenty years, but a fair bit. Yeah. She's uh, been a big star in many films. Yeah. I, I guess the subject matter, which we can get into now, maybe that's an, an attraction. Um so it's one of the very first films dealing with the returned soldier experience of the Iraq war. Iraq slash Afghanistan mm. invasions. Um, it's, I guess we're used to those films now. A couple of years later, with Hurt Locker wins Best Picture. Um, mm. We've seen plenty of films in and around this um, experience, uh, but this is was known as the first. Um, and I, I guess sort of, you know, 
baby steps stumbling towards what those films would go on to be. It's a bit basic. It's a bit middling, I think. I think Home of the Brave is touching upon some interesting ideas, but unfortunately not in interesting ways. Mm. What do you reckon? A lot of whinging. A lot of, like, here's some issues, but not really going into them or resolving them. I mean, not you can't resolve such an issue, but I raising more than, you know, addressing. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, mate. Everyone's whinging. Everyone loves a whinge in this film. And look, if you're a soldier, that's fine. You're entitled to be a whinge. You're entitled to be a bit upset. But all their families and their loved ones, whinging at them, it's too much. Too much of it. Yeah, and was that the experience of families back then? They didn't quite understand. I feel like these days we're all understanding of the, the soldiers themselves, if not, you know, the circumstances that get people to war. I, I think we should have a great respect for the, the people involved and what they go through because they, they go through hell and I'm, I'm no fan of war, so I don't think that anyone should be there. But the people themselves, they should be given care, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I've never understood why you know, people like spitting on Vietnam veterans when they mm. came home and chucking stuff at them. Why would you? What's yeah. going on? Part of the government. Yeah, exactly right. At the same time, I don't think being a soldier inherently makes someone a better person than anyone else in society. But I, I do feel like, um, you know, we should take care of these people because we put them through hell and our government's put them through hell. Um, for and at the same time, what they are doing is putting other countries through hell, other people's, um, you know, citizens through hell. So the whole thing for me, Dylan, the whole war experience, not a fan, if I can put it lightly. Yeah, you don't condone war, do you? I never have, never will. Never say never, mate. <laughs> well, on our last podcast, you said that you would never go to war. Do you still believe that, Dylan, watching this film? Uh, planetary war, no. Interplanetary war, though. You could be convinced. You could convince you? me. Okay. Well, I, could, I could be convinced. Yeah, I could find some aliens in space. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's not something I've ever ever thought about, but okay. I'm glad you have. Well, mate, I'm just saying. What what if aliens are coming down and they're going to take over our world? You're not going to find? It really does become be an alien us, slave. us versus them. Are you thinking we'd put aside all our differences between countries on Earth to fight a common enemy? Yeah, mate. United we stand. Yeah, maybe. Against those dirty grey blobs in the sky. <laughs> Bringing it back to Home of the Brave, Home of the Brave, we've sort of got three storylines, Dylan. Do you, do you want to take us through these storylines? I mean, it's just basically all these soldiers just coming back from Iraq and just trying to adapt to civilian life. It's kind of like just three much less eventful versions of Rambo, really. First Blood, anyway. <laughs> yeah, they um, yeah, they they've all sort of a common. Um, story that they, they were doing a tour then they discovered that they were going home soon they've been sort of called back and never good when that happens early in a movie and people are excited because you just know things can go bad from there and they do absolutely mm -hmm. they landed on thick they're like oh i get to go home tomorrow yeah and then jessica beale's like talking to her son on the phone she's like mm -hmm. mommy's coming home tomorrow i'm like oh fucking goodness this <laughs> 
This ain't going well. We all know that. Yeah. And then uh, like Jessica Biel, she gets a bloody arm blown off, doesn't she? She loses a hand. Uh, Samuel Jackson is making his second consecutive appearance on the Chronicles after Black's make moan. Hey, you Fair know, enough. good for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's a doctor and he's been a medic over there. Um, and you know, seeing some of the most terrible stuff you would you'd ever see as a doctor. Um, and Brian Presley, who's an actor who didn't, hasn't really made an impression outside this film and arguably didn't make an impression inside the film. <laughs> I thought he was fine. Look, he right. was better than 50 Cent. Also. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Um, he's a soldier who has real troubles back home trying to um, find a job and deal with the PTSD that's involved and ultimately decides that he's only home is out there as a soldier you can't really be a be a human citizen in america anymore and i think that that there was one good scene it's a few good scenes one particularly good scene he's working at a movie theater first of all dylan don't complain that'd be a great job i don't see why that's a problem but i guess if you've been a soldier you probably have a different view of your life how it's going to turn out but still <laughs> fair enough yeah yeah but he, he encounters Jessica Beale's character and they have a conversation at the movie theatre while sort of, you know, normal society is happening around them and they're talking and they finally can sort of express themselves to a, a fellow traveller who can understand what they're going through and they look around and they're like, how, how are these people living their lives knowing our boys are over there and they can't comprehend it. And I, I thought that was, that was quite well written, well done, that scene. Yeah, I didn't think they were too bad. Mm. Both of them in this one. Definitely. And Sam Jackson's good as always, mm. to be honest. Christina Ricci, look, for the two seconds she was in it, she did pretty good, I guess. Yeah. I think um, I think it's one of those things where it's individual parts are not terrible. It just never quite grabs, grabs you with, it, with that much you know, attention and vigour. You think that a war movie dealing with such weighty topics probably should it's just sort of stuff that's um happening and it's like yeah like i agree this does look bad and you guys are going through a tough time but i'm not gripped somehow and 50 cent isn't a great actor <laughs> mate a bit rough on curtis mate yeah he's trying <laughs> he sure is he sure and, is and props to him for just... having it like taking on a dramatic role like doesn't have to like he had a go yeah he gave it a crack yeah. I just, you know, whoever thought that, you know, casting 50 Cent is like, he has a pretty dramatic story in this. Mm, he does. Like he's really scarred by a war and he's in denial and then eventually just snaps at the end. Mm. Yeah, 50 probably doesn't have the <laughs> the range <laughs> to play that. Because <laughs> mm. he was trying to have his, uh, his Rambo moment at the end, definitely, where he's just breaking down and uh, giving mm. this big speech about war and how tough civilian life is, and it's just it's just not hitting. It really no, isn't. No, that, that, that's a shame. The director, Dylan, was Erwin Winkler. Have you come across that name? You've definitely yeah, come across like a, his work. He's a big producer mm-hmm. in old Hollywood, I believe, yeah. Yeah. Rocky, for example. Um, a lot of Martin mm-hmm. Scorsese pictures over the years. Um, and he did dip, dip his toe into directing um, at various points in his career, but more known as a producer. Um, I mean, there's some reviews coming up where they're a bit, uh, a bit critical of his direction. Um, 
comparing it to made for TV sort of stuff and not that no. off base, but it wasn't. Nah. Yeah. It wasn't unwatchable. It wasn't unwatchable, but it's not it one that we would have watched otherwise outside of this Chronicles. Like that's probably our sort of thing. Like it was kind yeah, of put upon in that sense. There's nothing special to it. There's no identity. Yeah, right. To the film. Hmm. And there's not even like a score, really. At all, really. I don't think. No. There is one very good scene, very tender scene, um, where Jessica Biel's character, she's been having trouble relating to the sort of guy she was seeing before she um, went overseas. And now right, she's... Who is a prick. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Get rid of him. But she hits it off with the, um, another teacher at her school where she's a teacher. And it's quite, you know, quite cliched, but the tender scene is quite nice when they are um, getting down to be intimate for the first time and they sort of struggle around um, her her arm or her hand that's not there anymore and they sort of laugh about it and like that that had some emotion I've got a review that says the same that, that stood out as like a, a you know one scene that sort of rose above and you could see oh this is interesting yeah definitely I think another point I liked is um, there's one point where like Sam Jackson comes back home, and you think he's, like, the most put-together of them all. He's a doctor, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. But then there's this scene where he's just, like, lying wide awake in bed. Yeah. And he's, he's a great actor, Sam Jackson. You just see the trauma in his eyes. Um, but the film didn't really show us him experiencing too much trauma until, like, the very end. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that was supposed to be, like, a big reveal or whether it was just the way the flashbacks were inserted through the story. Um, he's very. I guess it's to try and kind of put us in his wife and son's so. shoes, where they don't really understand what's going on, but and why he is the way he is now. And maybe that is, yeah. as you know, people who've watched this sort of thing many of many a time before now, but not maybe not so much back in two thousand six. But even then, probably, I'd think. But like we're quite sympathetic to the returned soldier as a character trope, you know, when we know they've gone through mm. a lot of stuff and they they try and keep a brave face, but they. Um, obviously are really struggling and they need to talk to people and we, we can never really know what it's like if we're not in their shoes, you know? Um, mm, of course. But yeah, maybe the film was, was putting us in the family's perspective more in that sense. His son's a bit rough, isn't he? Rough on his dad. Oh, his son's a prick. Yeah. I hate his son. He's an arsehole. <laughs> He's so rude to his dad. He doesn't give him the time of day. He talks back all the time. Yeah. Gets in trouble at the principal's office for like wearing a, uh, what is it a, Buck Fush I think it says the shirt. Buck Fush, yeah. yeah, his shirt, and the principal's like, ah, oh, you can't wear that. It's not mm. okay. And Sam Jackson's like, no, it's free speech, mate. It's fine. Actually, <laughs> defends his son. Yeah, and then his son gives him shit outside and talks to him about the war, <laughs> and Sam Jackson's rightfully like, wait, I was there, mate. What are you <laughs> talking about? And it makes even less sense to have that character playing off Sam Jackson's character because definitely you can have objections to the war and you may wrongly put that on the soldiers themselves, sure. But don't put it on the doctors and the medics. They're the ones, if anyone's involved in war, they're doing the good stuff, helping people, right? Yeah, they're not killing people. No. <laughs> they're saving. Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah, goodness gracious, yeah. Not on. Like, you can disagree 100% with the ideology of, of a soldier who wants to go over there and you might say they want to go kill people and that's terrible. But Sam Jackson's there trying to help the people who are involved in the conflict. Yeah. Odd. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Shall we go to the reviews, Dylan? Yes. If you said no there, I don't know what I was going to do next. So I'm glad you said yes. So this is from Stephen Holden of the New York Times. Pretty good reputable organization okay the kindest depiction of home and the brave the first hollywood movie to examine the experience of american soldiers returning from iraq might be that is it is fueled by noble intentions it's probably fair enough Um, okay all right yeah he goes on to say by the end of home of the brave you may feel as if you have just sat through an earnest made for television movie featuring actors who are too pretty to be real people, dutifully recycling a formula. Devoid of personality, their tidy cut-and-paste speeches have the ring of carefully composed and edited distillations of previous Home from the Front movies. Yes, the movie has action and high drama, but most of it feels synthetic. Consider Home of the Brave an honourable dud. Yeah. That's fair enough. I agree with that. Pretty much, hey. It is It is very cliche. Yeah. Definitely. And like even Sam Jackson, when he's talking to the psychiatrist at the end, he's like, oh, I didn't feel anything. Mm. And these people are dying. I'm supposed to feel something, aren't I? I'm like, oh, God. All right. Come on. Yeah, come on. We've been there, mate. Yeah, we've been there. Come on. It's uh, a bit rough when he gets like drunk and drives home and he <laughs> rips his son's like, What's he got? A little yeah, piercing in his ring, lip, rips yeah. it out of his mouth. That was that, that is not okay. Yeah, and then he goes upstairs and almost um, kills himself with the with his gun. And then it's like, uh, do I just go on with Thanksgiving dinner downstairs while this is happening? Like, what happens? <laughs> I don't know. It's like just leave him there and then. Yeah, no, that'd terrible. be the that'd be the breaking point for me. I'd be like, no, mate. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible situation to be in, I think, war. And when you're there beforehand, afterwards, not on. No, not condoned at all. Not condoned at all. (laughs) Patrick Z. McGavin from Screen something. What is it? Screen. Screen Rant? Screen Daily. Screen Daily. There you go. Good on him. (laughs) He said, it's didactic and politically incoherent. It's complex and emotionally risky scenario is the return of several disparate individuals to the US home front. But it eschews morally tough considerations of valour, sacrifice, betrayal or defeat 
in favour of hammering the audience into submission with a mix of agiprop and hysteria. The script is episodic and discursive, and Winkler never establishes a viewpoint that yields any sense of discovery. Uh, and he also, this Patrick, good friend Patrick Zed, he mentioned the scene, the sexual moment, the sensitive sexual moment with Jessica Biel's um, impaired veteran as something that stood out, which I agree with. But yeah, I, I, I think the ultimate point of the film is like, it's quite complex war, right? But I couldn't quite tell as like, is it pro or anti? Does it have a message really? Yeah, it's not taking a stance really, to be honest. It's kind of just saying, hey, this is what happened to these guys who were over there and these guys and girls who were over there and yeah, it sucks. I guess it, it does say war sucks. Doesn't it? Yeah, I guess, yeah. That's true, yeah. But then when it ends with the guy having to go back to the war front, is it like, is this a tragic ending for him or is he... Does he has to resign himself to this? That guy hmm. is a terrible soldier, by the way. Oh, yeah. Awful soldier. Because he, like, what happens, so, like, it's a big crux of the film. Like, he gets all flashbacks in slow motion about his mate dying. Hmm. He's, like, with his mate, and he gets shot in the leg. And then his mate goes up to, like, take out this, like, Iraqi soldier. And the Iraqi soldier sneaks up behind his mate and shoots him, like, in the back of the head. Hmm. And he's dying. And then old bud, what's his name? Tommy, I think it is. Tommy. Hmm. Yeah, he just runs into, up to his mate, and just starts crying and hugging his dead body. If I was that Iraqi soldier, yeah. fucking bang, back of the head, tofa, mate. What are you doing? I think in that sense that, that speaks to the, the inauthenticity, inauthentic nature, you know, of the of the film. It kind of feels like what some people think war's like rather than what it really would be like. Yeah. Mm. Not on. Not on. Inefficient, well, <laughs> not realistic. Speaking of that, I've got two more reviews. These are from Letterboxd, so they're from, you know, from regular guys like you and me, Dylan, citizens of the world, okay. not not official right. film reviewers. Although the by this point, thirty five or thirty six episodes into the Christina Chronicles, we basically are the next Rogers, aren't we? So, when it comes to Christina's filmography, yeah, we are so. the experts. Yeah. ML on Letterboxd gave two stars. He says, I seem to remember many films coming out in the years following 9-11 that attempted to justify and even celebrate the war on terror and the US occupation in the Middle East without ever showing the cost of or what happened to those who paid the price. Even when this film falls short with a generic script and some uninspired acting, I at least give the writers credit for attempting to show the not-so-pleasant reality that many who were asked to serve are left with when they... Wait, sorry. I think he missed a sentence. I think he's saying... Wait. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm going to re rephrase. To okay. show the not-so-pleasant reality that many who were asked to serve are left with when they return back to society. Okay. I think I missed the word myself, actually. Um, he also says they also veered away from the standard US are saviors, Muslims are terrorists narrative that was pervasive at the time. And even if done in a predictably cliche manner, I give credit for at least questioning and criticizing US motivations by including multiple points of view. I guess that speaks to our earlier point about noble intentions or you know trying to touch upon things, not doing it that well, but at least props are trying, you know. Yeah, sure, I guess, yeah. 
Good on you, Erwin. I've got one last little fun review, Dylan. It's from okay. Sean Price, one star, unfortunately. Oh, no. He's breaking his review down into the good and the bad. Okay? No ugly, but just good and the bad. Okay. Nice. The good. Jessica Beale's character's last name is Price. Price is also my last name. So there you go. That's, Oy, that's good. There we go. Funny, Shawnee. Okay. It's filmed in Spokane, Washington, home to your Gonzaga Bulldogs, who are a uh, college basketball team. So that's good, I guess. Gonzaga. Oh, he's all right. Finally, getting some rep. Another good thing is the scene where they zoomed in on Jessica Beale's hand shooting a basketball in slow-mo, and the next scene showed her losing her hand and then kept showing scenes where she dropped stuff with her prosthetic hand. They, they, they did go that, but I, I mean, I guess it's the the point is that her life is changed forever, but it was a little bit, yeah, cliche. Heavy handed. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you will. If you will. Uh, is Samuel L. Jackson the best part of every movie he's ever been in? Is that me to think about? He's probably yeah. up there, right? No, nah, he definitely is, I think. Yeah. This is how. Uh, oh. He's got some competition in Django. Sure. Yeah, Jamie. It's definitely an argument to be made, though. Yeah. For the like, for the majority of his films, probably. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I'd be comfortable saying 90%. 90%, there you go. This is how Brian Presley's Wikipedia bio starts. Presley was born in Midland, Texas, two days after the death of Elvis Presley, who Brian is unrelated to. Okay. That's good. <laughs> um, just finish off with Sean Price's The Bad Points He says the plot mm. and the movie as a whole So Ooh. I mean on balance there are more good than bad there But I think the bad probably outweigh the good If you Only think just. about it Yeah Only slightly <laughs> Yeah so there we are uh, Home of the Brave Not a high point for the Christina Chronicles in terms of Christina herself, barely in it, but does a pretty good job, Not even like a, always. Yeah, I guess for the two lines she had. Sure. Yeah. It's not an entertaining low, though. It's those middling middles that get me. Yeah, absolutely. Like we mentioned that before. It's forgettable middles. I wish you'd say her character in this is she's the, the fiancé or the girlfriend of the soldier who passed away. And oh, yeah, they did not explain. No, all. it had to I be I thought she was sister. Yeah. I, assume, I assume girlfriend, I don't know. <laughs> And oh, did you think sister? I did, but you know, I could be wrong. Maybe I just like that's how I thought they were going to. We'll never know. We'll never know. Who who could say? And I don't care to know. Anyway, there's one scene where she talks to Brian Prezi's character, and they just do a reminiscence of of their of their fallen um, comrade, fallen mate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, we've cleared home of the brave. It's not going to be very high on anybody's rankings of Christina Ritchie movies, but it's there. Well, we watched it. We did you it. Know what? If you're interested and you got the whole family, you know, little tots, little kids, it's rated G on Amazon, so give mm, it a go. Wouldn't have thought right? I'd probably get the family around for this one for movie night. But... Well, it's rated G, isn't it? <laughs> Again, try and tackle some themes and stuff, I guess, and might make you think about things you haven't thought about, but... There are better war movies doing the same stuff, you know? Yeah, you know. There's only, you know, there's only people getting blown up and shot in the back of the head and 
losing arms. Yeah. yeah. Kids have to learn about that at some point. At some point. Yeah. Amazon gets it. <laughs> well, Dylan, what's coming up next? Anything good? Should we uh, skip a couple maybe and just um, go to the Smurfs? Mm. Fuck off. Smurfs 2, sorry. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Yeah, she's not in Smurfs 1, mate. We're <laughs> skipping that. This will be that'll be interesting. Just so I don't, because I I never dive into a franchise in the middle of movies. I always have to start from the start. Yeah. So this will be my first time I'm diving into a sequel without watching the first one. You're not gonna partake. No. <laughs> what law will I miss at the Smurfs? I don't know. I don't. I, I I know the the basics of the Smurfs, but I guess we'll get into that when we get into that. Yeah, they're small and blue. Yeah, they say Smurf a lot, and there's only one woman. And she's sexy, they think, right? For some reason. <laughs> yeah. And one creepy old man. Never liked Harper Smith. No. That is a bit, a bit odd. No. All right. Now, coming up next, we're skipping 2007 completely because Christina was very busy that year filming. <laughs> she also skipped 2007. <laughs> I imagine in 2007 she was busy filming Speed Racer. that oh, came out in 2008. Yeah. What started it all for us? I know, we're going full we're circle. We are putting some feels out for a special guest. We'll see who we get. See who we get. You might be surprised. Ones. You might be surprised. You could be. Put it that way. You could be. It could be the greatest surprise in the history of anything, mm-hmm. or it could be a decent surprise. Yeah. We, who knows? We could choose not to have anybody. Could be us. Maybe we it's could, just us again. We could just release the first episode again. <laughs> <laughs> Remastered. Remastered, yeah. yeah um, no, Speed Race coming up next. Um, as always, these come out, you know, you know, once a month or so. So yeah. between now and let's then. Not, let's not tie us to a schedule, mate. Who knows saying. when we'll next get a home of the brave that we'll put off for fucking <laughs> two months. On, on general, that's what we do. Um so, but I'm, what I'm saying is, in the meantime, watch Speed Race if you, if you haven't before. That's one. Mm. Start off the Chronicles. We we love Christina's um, performance in that. The film itself is quite a trip. Dylan loves it. I don't loves it, but I don't well, mind it. You know, you hold off. You hold off on that till you watch it again. I think. It, okay, you've watched it like ten times, haven't you? More than that. So <laughs> maybe it does need more. Good movie. It, it's a trip. I'll say that. Sure is. Well, we're on the socials. We made a brief appearance back on Twitter slash X last week. We it's shouted out boy. some of our friends and they, they shouted us back. That was good. But mainly, Dylan, we're on Insta and, and Facey, aren't we? Mate, you can't keep us away from the Zuck. The Zuck suckers for life. Yep. Always have been, always will be. Yep. And He's going to win that bloody cage match or whatever they're doing. If they do that cage match, we should watch it and review it for the podcast. I'm saying that now. Oh, 100%. Okay? Absolutely. <laughs> For the Zuck, mate. He's going to destroy Elon Musk. <laughs> I feel like Elon Musk is like getting pressured into it. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't want to do it. I think he's, he's figured out probably now. I think he had some idea at, at first that he thought he could do it. But now he's putting it off and off and off. Yeah, mate. But and still, he might. He's, that, he's, he's that arrogant he might go through with it. Zuck is ripped now, though, mate. He's a beast now. Mm. He's ready. It's our boy. Um, and we've got a huge back catalogue, as you mentioned, the Christina Chronicles with 36 Deep. There's 35 episodes you can get amongst there. Um, we've also got 
a hundred episodes of the real podcast of the, the real, least. <laughs> main podcast plus specials plus Christmases and Halloweens. So if you if you can't find something in there you like, then we can help you. Okay, sorry, but yeah, you don't like anything if you can't find something you like. <laughs> basically, in that first hundred. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being here, Dylan. By the way, good on you. You're welcome. I'm gonna That's say thanks to Mark the Man for the theme song. Oh, we have to. One of the best. It's the Man. Um, and we'll, until next time, I miss you, Christina. I miss you, Christina. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.